Our second message this afternoon is from Mr. Steve Andrews. His sermon is entitled, Neither Give Place to the Devil. In the book of Ephesians, in chapter 4, beginning in verse 22, he said that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be you angry and sin not, let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. It's interesting in this um, scenario, he is talking about a converted person, and he's warning us converted people that if we give a place to the devil, there might be a problem, and the Bible unfortunately for today's message it might be a little bit heavy, is and does reveal the devil and his minions, the demons. And we have to be aware of them and we have to understand them. And the Bible gives us great understanding in that. And the word place, it's interesting because I wanted to look it up and uh, I didn't have my iPad earlier but uh, I kind of picked it up as I was uh, um, coming to church and I didn't look it up at, you know, before. But while I was sitting there, I thought, well, I'll just check it out real, real quickly. And, and, and it's very interesting. This word, topos, is a primary word, a spot, uh, generally a space, but limited by occupancy, whereas uh, G5561 is larger, but particularly locality. That is location as a position, a home, a track, Figuratively, a condition, opportunity, specifically a scabbard, a coast, a license, a place, uh, a plane, a quarter, a rock, a room. And where? Don't give a room to the devil. Don't let him come in to your life. Especially those of us who have this, the Spirit of God dwelling in us. It's a warning that's in the Bible. We must be careful not to let the demon world into our new creation. Satan wants to destroy and to keep us out of the kingdom of God. Of all the things that he has on his agenda, that's the greatest thing that he has. He would like to see us fail. He would like to see us give in. He would like to see us give up. He would like to see humanity fail and never come into the kingdom of God. But we know that Christ has won. And it's interesting, there was a great battle. And I always like to go to this when, before I get into the message on you know, devils and demons because Christ has already won this battle. And if we understand that, no matter whether we are, you know, have to face them or are troubled by them, we have Christ's power in us and we can fight these demons, Satan, any of them. It's interesting, and I, I normally go to the book of Matthew, but in the book of Luke, 
there's some very interesting things here because one of the things we see in Matthew is it seems like that it's at the end of the scenario, after 40 days of fasting, you know, then they make this battle. But Luke says in verse 1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Being 40 days, being 40 days tempted of the devil. From the time that he started to fast and was into the wilderness, the devil was after him. It was a battle. It was a struggle. This was a powerful battle. It was a battle of good over pure evil. Pure good over pure evil. Jesus was truly, purely good. And Satan, opposite, purely evil. It was a battle of truth versus lies, as we shall see. No swords, just words. And the determination not to fail, to win, to win the battle. Jesus was fasting. He was being tempted. And he had the power of the Holy Spirit within him. And as we see, he, he won. Satan left. Being 40 days tempted of the devil, in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said to him, If you be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered and say, said to him, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of, of God. Brethren, these words are powerful, and especially they're powerful against the demons and against Satan. We have a great tool in the word of God. The devil, taking him up into a very high mountain, <clears throat> showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a, moment, in a moment of time. It's interesting. The devil has a lot of power. He has a lot of capabilities. Um, he has the ability to, uh, to, to do certain things, like show him all the kingdoms just from one spot. Just, he just shows him everything in a moment of a time. The devil said to him, All the power will I give you, and the glory of them, for that is delivered to me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If you will therefore will worship me, and it shall be yours. Yeah, the temptation. The temptation. And Jesus answered and said, Get you behind me, Satan. And I'm sure it was powerful. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. I can, I can just, you know, I, maybe the words just even shattered Satan. But he wasn't going to give up. He brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and he said to him, if you be the Son of God, cast yourself down from here. For it's written, he shall give his angels charge over you <clears throat> to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up lest at any time you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him and said to him, It is said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil had ended all the temptations, he departed from him for a season. And we know we, he met him again on the, on the, um, at the stake. But it was <clears throat> a powerful, powerful um, 
battle that we went on. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in the synagogues, being glorified of all. I'm sure the Father was very, very pleased at the outcome, that powerful, powerful battle. The Bible talks about clean and unclean. And there are unclean spirits. And it's interesting that in Mark, Jesus met up with some. Mark, the third chapter, who spoke very, very poorly, not understanding what they were saying. And Jesus corrected them very, very strongly, if they really understood what he was saying. Beginning in verse, <clears throat> verse um, 14, Mark 3 and verse 14. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him, that he might send them forth to preach and to heal, uh, and, and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. And Simon, he sure named Peter, James the son of Zebedee, John the brother of James, he sure named them uh, Bonan Ergus, which is the sons of thunder, and Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James the son of um, Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him. And they went into a house. And the multitude come together again, so that they could not so much as eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, they were out <clears throat> to lay hold on him. Uh, they were out to lay hold on him, for they said, he uh, is beside himself. He's, he's, he's kind of crazy. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub. And the prince of devils cast he devils out, uh, cast the devils out, or cast out the devils. And he called them to them, and he said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, <clears throat> but has an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Verily I say unto you, all sin shall be forgiven. And this is the point that he was wanting to make, because they were calling him Satan and crazy. Very powerful point, and, and, and get what he was saying. Verily I say unto you, all sin shall be forgiven, the sons of men. Blaspheme, uh, whichever, uh, wherewith soever uh, they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Spirit has never, <clears throat> has never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation, eternal judgment. In other words, hellfire. Because they said he has an unclean spirit. You see, Jesus had the cleanest of all spirits. He had the Holy Spirit dwelling in him. He had the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in him. 
And that was a very misstatement that they made. And so there are unclean spirits, and Jesus was facing those unclean spirits many times in his ministry. We'll look at a few of these. Let's go to Mark, the fifth chapter, and begin in verse 1. And they came over from the other side of the sea into the country uh, of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tomb, a man with with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains. The spirits had given him superhuman strength. He was able to even break chains. He was so strong. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. He was a wild man. He was crazy. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, you son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God that you torment me not. Interesting, isn't it? They knew. They knew who Jesus was. For he said, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And this is also, you know, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of interesting th- things in the Bible. Sometimes we're, you know, we, we, don't, we can't answer about these things, this, this spirit that calls itself legion. My name is legion, for there are many. We are many. And he besought him much that he would not send him away out of the country. Now there were near... <clears throat> Mountains, a great herd of swine feeding. So here we have an unclean spirit and a bunch of unclean animals. And it's always kind of amusing to me how Jesus decides these are the perfect place for these demons, these devils, to go. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. Forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd run violently down a steep place and into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. 2,000 in this one man. Unclean spirits. How, how compassionate was Jesus? That was, that was a tremendous compassion. What's very interesting is how he treats this man. After those are all... <clears throat> gone out. They that <clears throat> fed the swine fled and told it to the city and the country and they, uh, they went out to see what, what, uh, what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus to see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind and they were afraid. And they saw it and told them how it befell him that <clears throat> was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their, <clears throat> out of their coasts. They were, scared, <laughs> you know, scared because of the miracle. But they should have been praising God because of that miracle. And when he came into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. I want to go with you. Jesus, let me go with you. Jesus had something like we heard in the message. There was something he needed to do. 
And it might have been, you know, because he was just <clears throat> newly out of this, but maybe he had a gift. Because, however, Jesus allowed him not, but said, Go home to your friends. Go home to your friends. Tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and has compassion on you. And he departed and began to publish. He began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Jesus saw this man, cast out the devils, cast out the demons. No, don't come with me. Go home. Tell your friends. And he began to publish the miracles and the marvels of Jesus. Jesus understood. He saw this man's capability within him. And he released him from a bondage that was so great. A bondage that was so great. The compassion of Jesus Christ is so wonderful. Mark the seventh chapter. Quite a few in, in, this, in this book uh, of Mark. There, there's, there's several uh, instances in here. So uh, we're just going to read uh, a few here. Mark the seventh chapter and beginning in verse 24. And from there he rose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into the house and would have no, a man know it, but he could not be hidden. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came to, uh, uh, and fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek, a, uh, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she, and she uh, besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. In other words, she was not an Israelite. She was not of the tribe of Judah. She was a, she was a Greek, um, you know, essentially a Gentile outside of, the, <clears throat> of that. She wasn't willing to give up. She answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Very, very wise of the, that lady. But she was desperate for her daughter. And he said to her, For this saying, Go your way, the devil is gone out of your daughter. And she came to her house, she found the devil gone out of her daughter, laid upon the bed. Another wonderful miracle, compassion, for someone that wasn't even of that, of, um, of the. Uh, uh, ones that he was called to, to preach to, but he had compassion on her because of the unclean spirit that was in her daughter. In Luke, the eighth chapter, in those days the multitude being very great, having nothing to eat, Jesus said to his disciples and to him, I, I have compassion on the multitude because they have not been with me uh, three days. Uh, and if I send them away fasting to them, well, see, wait a minute now, I must have missed a... Uh, that's not the one that I want. Um, oh, Luke, the 8th chapter. I bet it says Luke up there, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, if I had just learned to read, I'd be all right. Okay, beginning in verse 1 in Luke, the 8th chapter, now that I know where I'm at. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout all, every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And a certain woman which had been healed of an evil spirit and infirmity, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Seven devils. 
and Johanna, the wife of Cusa, and Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered to him of their substance. And so even those, there were some that, that had, like Mary Magdalene, she had had those seven unclean spirits, and he cast them out, and he said, and she followed him, and helped as she could with whatever they needed uh, uh, with the ministry. In Matthew, the 17th chapter, beginning in verse 14. Matthew, the 17th chapter, beginning in verse 14. And when we came to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, sore vexed, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they, they couldn't cure him. And then Jesus says, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I endure you? Bring, me, bring him here to me. And, th and this is a key to those, if, if, if you ever face you know, a troubling spirit or an unclean spirit, this is the key to how you can really get rid of them. It, it, it works. Jesus rebuked the devil. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you and go. And they will. They can't stand against Jesus. They can't stand against that powerful name. They can't stand against the powerful force of Jesus Christ. Then he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that every very hour. And the disciples of Jesus apart, and they said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus says, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to the mountain, Remove you yonder in that place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible for you. However, he did have an understanding of sometimes it is a little bit more difficult with some of these unclean spirits. He says, however, this kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting. And so sometimes also there's a need for us to get, before we do rebuke or have something that we need to handle with an unclean spirit, sometimes we need to fast and pray before we approach one of those unclean spirits. We, we have to fast before God and ask him to help us in those particular areas. But it's, it's God, it's Jesus Christ that pushes those things out. Here's, a, here's another thing. Uh, now as we go into a, a second portion here about individual <clears throat> lives, We'll go to 1 Timothy 3, verse 6. When it comes to um, the ministry, we don't ordain someone very young because they can be tempted very easily. 1 Timothy 3, verse 6. He says, not a, no not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the con condemnation of the devil. I know you think you've... You know, <laughs> should understand it's a service and, and sometimes a very difficult thing, but uh, sometimes there's a lot of pride in a young, young person. And they, they fall into the condemnation of the devil and they end up in, in sin and having problems. Uh, he says, moreover, verse 7, I didn't have this down, but moreover, he must have, be of a good report of them which are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. 
Same thing with, the, with anyone that serves in the church. In 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And there have been a lot of doctrines of devils around. And one of the things I wanted to point out, and I noticed that there was even a movie uh, out called The Ouija Board, or Ouija. Uh, if you want to play with the demons, that's the best way to do it. Go get yourself a, a Ouija board. You're calling them up. That's what you're doing. You're actually phoning a demon. And I, I have uh, from some personal understanding from many years ago of someone that was playing with it actually got um, possessed with one. So you don't get those. You don't have anything to do with them. And, and let God's Spirit direct your mind and your heart when it comes to anything in this world from Hollywood or from there that might hang into that evilness and those unclean spirits that might affect you. So there's a lot of it. There's a lot of evil movies out there. There's a lot of things that they can affect your mind and your heart. And especially those of us who have the Spirit of God dwelling in us can be affected. So be aware. Don't allow that to happen. And especially, <clears throat> and one of the doctrines of demons or doctrines of devils is that um, Cain was the uh, uh, off, offspring of Satan and, and, and uh, Eve. And so if you ever hear that one around, that's, uh, that's one of the doctrines of the devils, and there are a few of them out there. And then it's, a, it's a shame, but that, that's what gets around sometimes. There is coming a day of judgment. Satan's already been judged. He's already lost. We know that. Christ has won over him. In John, the, the 16th chapter and verse 11, John 16 and verse 11, We find this of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. And I might just read uh, a few of the verses here. Just uh, uh, and he came. Uh, let's see where do I want to start. And this is about the Comforter, about the Holy Spirit, the very the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is a is a clean spirit. It comes from God. It's a, it's a Comforter. It's it's comforting. It's, it's positive, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. Nevertheless, in verse 7, I'm just going to go back just a little bit. I wanted to read a few verses here. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I repart, I will send it to you. And when it has come, it will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. When that spirit is in us, we're able to see things that the rest of the world doesn't see. If you allow that spirit to work in you to, to, to reveal the evils of the world, you will see them of sin because they believe not on me. Remember, the world is becoming more and more despotic, more and more evil. And they want to push the Bible and God and Jesus totally out of the way because... We talk about sin. We talk about evil. We talk about the things that are wrong. And they don't want that. They don't want to see those things. And sin, because they believe not. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. 
And he says of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. He says, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now. Not hear them now. The time of the end is coming. The time of the end is coming when all these evil spirits are going to come out, but they're also going to be completely and totally, um, whether they're wiped out or uh, put in some kind of prison somewhere, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. There seems to be an indication that there's going to be a place where they're going to be restrained. We know Satan is going to be restrained, and we're going to read about that. Let's go to Revelation, the ninth chapter. We'll see these evil spirits. We'll see this come up in these last and latter times as they, uh, they begin to come out and, and to, to uh, manifest themselves into humankind. It's going to be a horrible, horrible time for mankind on this earth. He said, well, and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, and you can read chapter 9 if you'd like. I just want to break in here. Which were not killed by the plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood. Neither uh, can you see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries nor of their fornications nor of their thefts. There's going to come a time when men are not going to repent no matter how much trial, I mean, how many things come upon them. They're not going to repent because the evil spirits are going to be on this world and they're going to be out there in, in full force. And they're going to be worshiping those evil spirits. They're going to be worshiping those devils. And they're not going to turn to God. In chapter 16, Beginning in verse 13. He says, I saw three unclean spirits, three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They're going to be manipulating these people. They are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth to the kings of the earth and the whole world to they gather them to to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Let's see how far I wanted to go. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed he that watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into the place that is called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon for that great battle. There's going to be evil spirits all over the world and I think they're working today in people. Sometimes you look at you know, they, you see someone that's just mass murdered and all of a sudden their eyes are all these big buggy eyed. To me, I think they are possessed. And they have <clears throat> unclean spirits. In chapter 18, verse 1. And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. And he cried mighty with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of demons, of devils, and, and the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Babylon the great is going to, to be the repository 
of all these nasty, unclean things. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I said, and I'm going to read a little bit more than what I had down. And I heard another voice say, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, that you receive not her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. One day, there's going to be great judgment on the horrendous things that are going on in this world, the hate of, um, between men and, and the things that have happened. It's going to be a, a horrible time, but I look forward to the day afterwards, the time of the, great, of the kingdom of God, which is what we keep every year, the tabernacles, a time of peace when God will rule this earth and there will not be any unclean spirits. In chapter 20, there won't also be this evil being. This evil being will be locked up, chained up, in a bottomless pit. I saw an angel come down from heaven having a key to the bottomless pit and a great chain on his hand. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. We see, brethren, that there are unclean spirits even working in the, in the world today. Sometimes I think that um, the evils that get fomented, and especially when there's great crowds, they might be working in that crowds, trying to, to get uh, people to fight and to hate and to, to destroy one another. So that's the reason why I, when we see great um, crowds come together like that, we should get away from them. <laughs> Because something's going to happen. Sometimes they're peaceful, but a lot of times they're not. They turn out to be where they, they want to do these protests. Sometimes they turn into be violent situations. Remember that you can, you have the power, brethren. You have the power to overcome all of the evil spirits through the power of Jesus Christ. You can rebuke them. You can tell them to, to, to leave. You can have the power over them because you have the Spirit of God.